What's going on, people? I want to welcome all of you to the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. My name is Quincy, and this is my podcast. You can find the show at www.podpage.com forward slash 15 yards. That's podpage.com forward slash 15 yards. Or you can find me on anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards. Talk about sports, mainly the NFL, but we get into NCAA football, basketball, NBA, boxing, you name it, we discuss it. So I got the homies Buck from Florida and Eminem in Mississippi joining me. What's going on, fellas? What's up, uh, y'all? All right, so let's get to it. I'm going to start with college football first. And, um, man, first of all, I had no idea that Alabama would do Georgia the way they did them. Georgia has one of the most ferocious offensive lines Yet Alabama would not allow them to touch Bryce Young at quarterback. When were y'all just as stunned as I was to see how Alabama handled Georgia? No, I wasn't because they because Georgia always seems to crack under pressure. They always choke when they play Alabama. Um, you know how you know how they always say sometimes that some certain teams have your number. Well, I, I wasn't falling for the Georgia. I mean, Georgia's had an outstanding season. But I'm going like they're going to choke against Alabama. They always do. And Alabama was a little bit angry coming into this game because of the way they played against Auburn last week. So it it was, you know, the stage was already set for Georgia to get their ass whooped. And, I mean, I hate it because, you know, we always want to see somebody, you know, dethrone Alabama. But Nick Saban always had these boys ready, ready and prepared. And this is a team that you might see play Georgia again, but Georgia don't want to see Alabama no more. I mean, you, somebody has, somebody else is going to have to go in there and knock off Alabama. It's not going to be Georgia. I don't think Georgia has the team, the coaching staff, the players that can get the, I mean, cause it just seems like Alabama's in their head and they're going to beat them every time. So. Man, I, I, I think almost just the opposite. Like I, I think that this was, don't don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of time Alabama do seem to be in people's head, but this particular year, I don't think that was the case with Georgia. I think there was kids being kids. I think that they uh, let that number one rating kind of make them look past what they had to do. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. almost like once they made it to the last regular season game and they were ranked number one, I think it just kind of it was kind of one of them things like where it just kind of caught him off guard. Uh, Nick Saban's like, yeah, you know, he's legendary and all that, but but Georgia's defense, uh, giving up that many points and their offensive line, you know, uh, giving up that many hurries and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's almost like if you can play, you can play. If you're good, you're good. So they got to fix some stuff and – um, I can't wait to see them meet again. You know, I, I really do. I really think that uh, not taking nothing away from uh, Alabama at all because a win is a win, and that was a handedly win. But I yeah. really think this was a case of Georgia just, you know, they, you know, people had like, you know, athletic wise, they on the top level, but they still 19, 20 years old. I'm saying like. Yeah, that, that number one had them looking past Alabama. That's pretty much all that was. 
Now, Alabama play them again and beat them like that, then then that's what it is. But that's what I want to see. I want to see them do the, it again. The state of Georgia just seems like they have bad luck when it comes to football. But we'll see what happens if they happen to meet again. I'm hoping that Michigan can knock them off and put them out their misery. Um, <laughs> but I do expect Georgia to win. But, you know, stranger things have happened. What's that uh, game going to be at? The Michigan it's gonna, game. The Orange Bowl. It's going to be at the Orange okay, Bowl. Okay. Okay. And so in Alabama, they're going to be at the, what, the, uh, I can't remember, Fiesta Bowl, I think. Fiesta Bowl, I think. Alabama and Cincinnati. So, but yeah, but I, I think the, um, the four best teams are are in there. Some people will argue Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's only loss is to undefeated Cincinnati. But um, I don't think Notre Dame – I think Notre Dame needs to get in the conference what they need to do because this um, independent stuff is killing them. Uh, Until they get in the conference, it's going to be – it's always going to be that cloud. Yeah, yeah. And so – but, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the games and I'll, I'll check them out. I don't care anything about the Heisman because they just give it to quarterbacks anyway. Uh, <laughs> right. So I don't even care about that. And as far as in, in other news, I mean, there are a lot of coaches bouncing around. And, and I don't want to hear anybody talking about these players going to transfer portals because the way these coaches are leaving, man, these players got a right to go where they want to go because their coaches are, are lying to them and saying they're going to be yep. there. So if they want to leave and go somewhere else, they should. And so, but all right, in boxing news, Tyson Fury was ordered by the WBC to defend his heavyweight championship against Dylan White, um, the WBC's number one contender. And um, so whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. Tyson Fury, 31-0-1 with 22 knockouts, has one more fight left on his deal with top rank. And uh, Dylan White competes under the Matchroom banner on a fight-by-fight -fight basis. I'm not familiar with Matchroom. But if no fight, if no deal is struck between the sides, then the purse bid will be ordered where the rights to the heavyweight tilt will be auctioned off. So, I don't know. Fury said they make him a mandatory challenger. He'll defend his belt. But he says he's going to fight in February, February or March. And I mean, he should go ahead and fight whoever it takes to keep his belt. I guess Dylan White is twenty-eight and two with nineteen knockouts, and I, I don't. I, I'll watch the fight. I ain't gonna pay for it, but I'll watch it. You know, they get together. But as far as fights this weekend, Isaac Cruz and Tank Davis went at it at the Staples Center on Sunday night, and uh, Tank Davis got the W. It was a unanimous decision, but I talked to somebody who said that Tank Davis lost. So I haven't watched the fight yet. Don't know if any of you all have seen it. But um, they said that Cruz – they thought that Cruz beat Tank Davis. So any of you see the fight? No, I didn't see the fight. I, no, I didn't. No, I did not see no. the fight. Um, I heard YouTube. about the fight. but I, Yeah. But um, I did watch the but, George me, Cambosos. Me, Go ahead, Buck. Let me ask you. I guess there's a little bit of a delay. Um, yeah. What do you think about the how heavyweight is doing now, where they're making these guys mandatory fight? Um, I think it's a good idea because back in the day, you know, especially you know, since we just uh, you know, Mayweather used to you know fight these guys, you know, after their prime. 
I think these guys should be fighting in their prime. Maybe this is something new that boxing is trying to, so they can try to get, or I don't know if they've done it before, but maybe it's something that yeah. they're trying new to, to, you know, get fans to come back because I don't want to see somebody fighting somebody that's out of their prime and, you know, they, get, they beat them and then they say, well, you know, I fought the guy and I beat him. No, you didn't fight him in his prime and beat him. You well, know, boxing this, has this done to this. me is. They've done this before with mandatory matches, but a lot of times the fighters will buy their way mm-hmm. out of it. They may pay somebody not to fight them, or they may just vacate the title altogether so they don't have to fight them. Um, so they find their yeah. way around it. And then all the time, the mandatory fights aren't always the best fight. It may be just that particular promoter trying to make some money off of a fighter. So it's still some corruption involved, but I got you. Uh, I, I think they, they should force people I don't think that – I know the fighters are independent in a way, and they're kind of like contractors in a way, but I don't feel like they should have the ability to fight who they want to fight if you're talking about something that's being sanctioned and defending your title. I think the the, the federation should right. be a little more strict and say, all right, you have to fight the next person in line. If not, you're no longer the champ. And that's how I would do it. I just make it kind of cut and dry and do it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think, Eminem? Do you think that's what they should do? Yeah. Just whoever's next in line, that's who you fight, well, no questions asked? I mean, unless well, there's like I, a rematch clause or something. I mean, like if, if okay, like if everything was unified, I'm I'm pretty much like that. But the way stuff is, uh I kind of like the the way stuff is built up. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it's it's like it keeps boxing in 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 the news when people are complaining, you know, uh, because you know just as a sport itself, you know, um, like I I may have taught two or three kids that actually box a little bit, but you can't get kids to even do stuff like that. So when when you're looking at boxing, you're looking at trying to save the sport, period, because. Uh, a Q. One time, the young bros was on there. We was all talking about that. How, you know, uh, your heavyweight champ in the in the fifties and sixties is boxing. Now that same guy now is C.J. Mosley or Ray Lewis or somebody like that. They playing football or something else. So, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all remember that we was talking talking about that. But so mm-hmm. just to kind of keep the water cooler quote unquote thing going and the build up and the What's all the hype about? Mm, I think a little of that. Hey, I want to see this match up here, and the, the, this this wish list stuff kind of helps promote indirectly. Uh, whereas the mandatory, uh, from a pure competitive sport standpoint, yeah, that's the best way to go. But uh, with a sport that's kind of that could use uh, all the promo it can get, I don't know. I think some of the you know, will he or will he not kind of build a lure almost like a, a skid in wrestling or whatever, you know, boxing is real, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think it kind of yeah. keeps, keeps the buzz going out there. Yeah. I, I think that you, you have to mix it up a little bit. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali had to fight, a, a Ernie Terrell or a Jerry quarry, you know, in between mm. the Joe Frazers and, and, and George Foreman's and stuff like that. So I do think that you have to mix it up a bit. So I don't have a problem with a fighter. If you're fighting um, 
multiple times in your career, like in a year, then I can understand you taking a lesser fight. Okay. I mean, like Muhammad Ali. All right. Let's see. When he won the belt at, um, he was 20 and 0, he won the belt against Sonny Liston. Let's see. That following year, let's say, well, in 1966, as a champion, now 1966, he had one, two, three, four, five fights. Okay. So if you're going to have five fights, I don't mind if you fight some lesser opponent you know, in there or something like that. But if you're only going to fight once or twice a year, I don't I want to see somebody waste a whole year fighting Joe Smo and everything. Now I got to wait until 2023 to see you fight somebody halfway decent. And by that time, that person may be punched drunk or taking too many shots to the head, you know, or something like that. So I, I, yeah. I don't know. But I, maybe, I think if you're going to fight a nobody, you don't have to do the money right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna fight a nobody, don't don't take a year off after beating that nobody. Don't knock somebody out out in the first round and say uh, in February and say I'm not gonna fight again until December. They they gotta get away from that. And so, but all right. But um, let's see what else happened. Stephen Stephen Fulton um, beat Brandon Figueroa in a majority decision. Figueroa was 22 and 0 and one. And Fulton was undefeated, and I, I watched that fight. It was pretty good. Uh, George Cambosas Jr. took down Teofimo Lopez. Man, Lopez just got the belt, 16-0 from beating Vasily Lomachenko, and he lost it in a split decision to Cambosas. And I'm surprised they gave Cambosas the, the fight because Teo's so, so hot right now. But um, I thought he earned it. I thought he did beat Teofimo Lopez. And he, he took that boy's belt after he got it from um, Lomachenko. <laughs> and speaking of Lomachenko, he fights this weekend on ESPN against Richard Comey. And Richard Comey is a pretty good fighter. I think he's from Ghana. And um, yeah. he's 30 and yeah, three with 27 I, I seen, knockouts. Um, I seen, uh, I think I was watching that boxing they show on Fox. I remember seeing him box there. Yeah. So him and uh, uh, Lomachenko that. fight this weekend on ESPN Saturday night. Um, I think Nonito Donaire may be on the undercard too. That's the guy from the Philippines that everybody thought was going to be the next Manny Pacquiao. And I think uh, he's lost like three out of his last five fights since people said that. So, but all right, we'll go ahead and get it to the NFL. And first place we'll start is the Thursday night game Cowboys 27, Saints 17. Cowboys up to record to eight and four. Saints fall to five and seven. This game had sixty nine thousand people at the Superdome who watched this fight. I mean, this fight. I'm still stuck on boxing. Who watched this <laughs> um, football game? And it, it wasn't necessarily an exciting game until maybe like the fourth quarter when there were some big plays. But Eminem, something's wrong with the Cowboys' offense. Now, some people say it's Dak. Some people say it's Kellen Moore. Some people say it's the offensive line. As a, somebody who's a fan of the NFC East, what's wrong with Dallas's offense? Well, what's wrong is number 21 got a bomb knee. And I, I said it, and I've been saying it since the boy left Ohio State. As, as Zeke go, Dallas go. When Zeke, even though you know people see Pollard make these big runs, but Pollard run damn near what a 4-3-something. Uh, He's fast. Um, 
so you're gonna get those flashes and all that, but it's kind of like the you know you the second guy thing, whatever. But Zeke is one of the uh, and, and the way I rate running backs, he's one of the top rated running backs I done seen in the last 25 years, bar none. So, uh, Dak is definitely a starting quarterback and all that. I mean, I'm not gonna put the guy there like that, but just for the way the offense runs and the way the team's in sync, when when Zeke is doing his thing, it works. It's almost like what we've seen, taking nothing away from Russell Wilson, but it's almost like what we've seen in Seattle as a complete team, not as, a, you know, individual stats. But when Marshawn Lynch was doing his thing, it seemed like the team was just almost unbeatable. That's the way Dallas seems to be with with uh with Zeke. You know, I'm not saying they can't win games. It's an ugly win, more so Sean Payton messing up more than anything else. But uh but that's that's what I see. I don't I don't think yeah, the offensive line matter. You know, people give different criticism to Dak, but to me, Dak played the way he always played. It's different if a guy is doing things uncharacteristic. You know, I know we're gonna talk about Kansas City later on. Like some of the stuff Mahomes doing is uncharacteristic of Mahomes. Yeah. But if you look at if you look at Dallas over the last four or five years, Dak has only improved every year. He's still playing the way he normally plays. Now that don't mean there's no room for improvement, but as a complete team, you watch what the Cowboys look like with Zeke running that thing and what they look like trying to win in any other way. It don't mean they won't win, but they won't look the same. They look almost unbeatable when Zeke is at his when Zeke is at his best. And right now the man is hurt. As a competitor, yeah, definitely want to see Dallas lose. But just as a fan of the running back position, I'm sitting up here like, damn man, like why are you even playing? You know, it's like, yeah, you should be resting your knee when it's more than likely you definitely gonna make the playoffs. So, you know, I, as a coach, I don't even understand how that even came about. But, you know, yeah, to me, that's really dumb. I think that he should have um, taken the get taken the day off and, and skipped that game. But I, I agree with you. I do think Zeke is the key because they're not winning on first downs. And if Dallas can get Zeke to where he can get that five yards on first down and put him in second and short, the offense will start to flow. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks are hollering about Tony Pollard this, and Tony Pollard has played great. But teams play Tony Pollard different than they do Zeke. That When Tony Pollard comes in, they actually got to play the pass more so than the run because he's a good receiver. But if you make Tony Pollard the number one back, he's not going to have the same success. And people need to understand that. Uh, that he's not going to have the same success. People are gearing up for, for Zeke. And if they decide they want to start Tony Pollard over Zeke and people start game planning for Tony Pollard, that rushing average is going to come down, believe me. That's just the nature of how it goes. But I do think he's a good running back, but I like him to compliment Zeke more so than anything else. But Zeke needs, needs some rest. And hopefully, I don't know if this week off is going to, these extra few days are going to help him. But um, he definitely needs to be 100% by the playoffs. I mean, this guy's a world-class hurdler. He can barely bend his knee. I mean, that's like just a glance on the sideline. I'm like, man, damn, this, 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 you know, like, damn, man, dude going to get messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right, let's see. Arizona beat Chicago 33-22. to 22, And Kyler Murray didn't have to do much. 11-15, 123 yards. 
two touchdowns, but he did run for 59 yards and two touchdowns on top of that. And see, a game like this with his passing yards only 123 yards where I hurt his MVP chances, but I, I don't think that it should, to be honest with you. But um, Arizona still rolling. Tampa Bay beat Atlanta 30-17. to Yeah, and water is wet. Philadelphia 33, <laughs> the New York Jets 18. And Philly ups their record to 6-7. And the Jets fall to 3-9. and nine. 73,000 people at MetLife Stadium got to see this game. And um, Eminem, y'all kind of jumped out to uh, – well, I'm going to say you jumped out to a big lead. You jumped out to a lead, and then the Jets fought their way back. And then it was back and forth. And then the next thing I know, y'all just started kicking field goals, man. And y'all – Jake Elliott couldn't miss. Um, he right, had four, right, yeah. four, four field goals in the second half, and y'all were able to run away with this one. Literally run yeah, away, yeah. 185 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah. That run game is doing it. You know, a lot of people was talking about the Minshew thing. Yeah, his stats look good, but, I mean, hell, man, people don't realize how good Dallas Goddard is. I mean, he's got to be, you know, Kittle kind of get his praise, and I'm not taking mm-hmm. that away from Kittle or Jason Kelsey, but Dallas Goddard is is them. He's the same guy. He didn't run out to the catch tight end. Yeah, I mean – He's he's not Brett Selleck at all. You know, I didn't want to get rid of Zach Ertz. He's one of my favorite tight ends ever. But yeah, he's good. But Dallas Goddard, man, is explosive. So uh some of those uh connections with him and uh Minshew was deceiving because it was more so what Goddard did after the after the catch more so. Uh and it's you know, like I say the Jets, they had a they started out strong, got up on us, you know, had a nice return and and uh, then we couldn't stop them for nothing. And then after we got one stop, they couldn't stop us at all. But after they got, we got one stop, then, you know, it was just kind of on. And then it was just like, you know, two or three first downs, get a field goal. But, you know, I, I'm just so glad we got a bye just to try to get, you know, a few people helped and stuff. Um, uh, a couple of times, Fletcher Cox went out. Um, yeah, it was super late, man. Thank God. A, a bye, December the Second, third week in December. Damn, that's a late mm-hmm. bye. But uh, so we need that to try to get healthy and um, you know, try to get on track. And uh, like I say, Hurt should be back. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't think there's back, no but, no quarterback controversy for people who are thinking Garner Minshew is nah. gonna take over. That's not happening. Nah, nah, nah. So. Like I say, Hurts Hurts play well within the offense. And like I said, we are running the ball now. Our uh, our biggest need is to get Jordan Howard back. You know, we are a different team with Jordan Howard. With Jordan Howard, we can compete against anybody. Without Jordan Howard, we can be competitive. Don't mean we won't win, but we can be competitive. With Jordan Howard, we are a team. It's just like yeah. that, you know. So I just he, um, that, that finisher we need. <laughs> I, I I well, you know, of course, not just because. I don't like the Eagles, but I don't want you all to make the playoffs simply because a team that can run the ball that well, um, because this is not a situation where Jalen Hurts is getting 75% of the yards, kind of like Lamar Jackson or something. Right. I mean, Miles Sanders is toting that rock. And mm-hmm. when a team can run that well, come playoff time, and they can be spoilers. They can up, go into somebody's house and upset them. And so I'm hoping y'all don't make the playoffs, but right now y'all y'all are looking pretty good, man. I'm enjoying um, watching the runs. You know, there's some good running going on. Yeah, I still hate that. 
the fucking no name team that won't lose for me for nothing. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but all right. Uh, we'll be in second place this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. The Dolphins beat the Giants 20 to 9. So the Dolphins are on a nice little one in straight. Indianapolis Colts beat the Texans 31 zip. And Texans are bad. They're just bad. I don't know what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson. If you draft another quarterback, they just wasted their season, man. They they could have gotten rid of Deshaun well, Watson and got something for well, him. But all that ownership had to do was tell o o Bill O'Brien to kick rocks and left Hopkins there and got in a uh, JJ White might have still been there. Uh, oh, yeah, White would have been there and, and, and brought in uh I mean, think about it, man. Just two years ago, just two years ago, the damn Texans was just uh one two key this or that or you know it's it just one of them things like that it, it, it's almost well like you know they, they could have the they could have eliminated Indiana kansas Pace. city that year and they let kansas city come exactly. back exactly they let them come back they put up 24 points on yeah you know so when you see, see that that don't look like a team blew up so that's what i'm saying like i don't understand uh just from a football aspect of it like what was ownership looking at like Damn, man, you you try to you try to duplicate the you know where the Cowboys kind of give credit where it's due. Started the triplet thing where you got the quarterback, you got the receiver, and you got the running back. I mean, that's what you shoot for, you know. Yeah. You bring a a, a younger version of David Johnson in to go with Hopkins and, and and Watkins, and you got Watt on the other side. Now now you got a competitive perennial playoff team that you you know that you with a little look. You might get past the Chiefs. <laughs> right, right. And all right. So Buck, the Detroit Lions are in the win column. They were able to beat Minnesota 27 to 20, <laughs> yep. 29 to 27. They got out to an early lead, Buck. I mean, it was 20 to 6 at halftime. And it looked like they were going to cruise the victory. But then Detroit had to be Detroit. Dan Campbell went for fourth down on his own 28-yard line with the lead and gave Minnesota the ball, and they scored a touchdown. But Detroit was not to be denied as Jerry Goff went down the field and hit Amon Ross St. Brown from 11 yards on fourth down with no time left to get the 29-27 victory. Buck, this stadium holds 65,000 people, but only 45,000 were there. Uh, One of the people – who happened to be there was was our of our homeboy True Speech. True Speech was at the game with his wife. Oh and, yeah, okay. And yeah. they they celebrated like it was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, man, you should have seen all the pictures he would post. But, yeah, um, yeah. Detroit's on on yeah. on the the win <laughs> on the win side of things, Buck. So, do you think they can actually um, build a little momentum with this because they've come close? They had to tie. Now they got the dub. You can they move forward? Yep. I think they can. I mean, really and truthfully, Detroit's been in just about every single game they've been, uh, this season. It's just that for whatever reason, at the end of the games, they've come up short. Um, fumbles, missed field goals, interceptions, or time running out. Four pitch, four clock management. Goes. You know, this is a new – yeah, I mean, so these things of those things of that nature have plagued this team all season. So it's not, you know, they've been in games. But, you know, this is, you know, now that they've got that taste of victory and they, they've gotten victory from the jaws of defeat, 
for a change. Um, maybe this would be a little momentum. You know, I don't, I don't know if they necessarily plan for a first-round draft choice. They have not been playing as such. They've actually been trying to win games. They've just come up short. But, you know, let's see where it goes. I mean, Dan Campbell's his first season. I'm glad he finally got a win in the game ball. And, you know, it was like winning the Super Bowl for Detroit. So um, let's see where it goes with it. Yeah. And Eminem, what does this mean for Minnesota, though, man? Because, I mean, this is kind of a bad loss for them. I think I always thought that Mike Zimmer got, you know, they, they've given him a long leash. But I think mm-hmm. they just tightened the leash up with, the, with that loss, man. I, I'm sure they got to be embarrassed. Well, yeah, with, with Zimmer, they got a long leash. And then uh, with uh, – I've never been big on uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, from the time he came there, I'm like, uh, to me, he was always too streaky of a quarterback to really he performed build well, though. Yeah, I mean, he might have performed well that game, but it's like when you see Kirk Cousins play, I forgot about who uh, – when he was in Washington. Seemed like he put up five or six touchdowns on somebody and then didn't do anything close to that uh, for the rest of the season. Not not that it's realistic to get them in the touchdown, but the point I'm making is it's like he'll do things and it'll show flashes, but it's hard to really build around a, a guy like that. You will have more success. Okay, I use somebody Buck can relate to real good. A young unpolished Ben Rothenberger who just kind of playing within the offense, but at least the team and the coaches kind of know what you can get out of. Kind of like what we're doing with Hurts right now. But Kurt Cousins will come out and, man, he'll blow that shit up and then he'll just kind of, you know, disappear. So, uh, uh, but that's a win that, I mean, what good is it to beat your division rival? Well, that was a division rival too, but what good is it to beat Green Bay? beat Aaron Rodgers and then turn around and, and lose to them and then want somebody to, to look at you like you're a team that's on the way and arrive. You've got to win that kind of game. You have to beat Detroit. You know, even though it's a rival and it can go all the way, I mean, I definitely understand that, but you, if you want to be labeled hey, a franchise QB, and I'm just putting it on the QB because that's how they do other people. You know, uh, they got quote-unquote franchise quarterbacks, they going to say the quarterback name before you even look at the game or how the game went. They're talking about who it was. So I'm putting it on Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you, got okay. to, you got to win that game against Detroit if you want to be respected for beating Green Bay. And you, you did a hell of a job beating Green Bay, but if you want to be, hey, I'm taking Minnesota to the next level, they got to get that straight. Otherwise, it's time for Zimmer to go because they got rid of Leslie Frazier, and he didn't have nothing to work with like what they had to work with right now as far as some offensive players. You know, they got Thielen. I think he got hurt. Uh, they had yeah, he uh, got, they got hurt Justin early. Jefferson, uh, you know, uh, 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 Diggs. I mean, they had, they had Diggs. Uh, Davin Cook. And like I say, Zimmer had a long leash. Now, hey, based on what they did to Leslie Frazier is like, hey, you know, shit, he had a lot less to work with. I can't remember that quarterback they had. Uh, and they still were making the playoffs. But, you know, they weren't going to beat nobody with that team because they ain't had nobody with Adrian Peterson. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, yeah, they got to be way more consistent 
with games that you're supposed to win. Uh, if they wanna, if they wanna make a a, a run. Yeah, yeah. All right, and let's see. The Chargers beat the Bengals forty-one to twenty-two. I didn't see that coming. And I did. Uh, and speaking of that, yeah, let me go over these picks really quick while I'm thinking about it. Um, let's see. In Dallas, New Orleans, Eminem, you were the only one that took the Saints. Um, yeah, all of and us one for Sean Payton out of one because <laughs> Sean Payton refused to put. Now I I must say, yeah, I talked about. Steeman or whatever, Seaman or whatever, but Simeon. But the thing about it, Taysom Hill finger was damn near disconnect. I mean, it's like yeah, the dude can not even throw the ball. I'm like, it was time. You didn't have to take Taysom off the field, but yeah. damn, you couldn't put Simeon in to even throw the ball, man. Like, if he'd have just did that one or two times, the Saints would have won their game. They was man. driving it down. They had opportunities. Dallas they had no answer for that. They had no they had answer for that. I was just like, damn. <laughs> But all right, all of us took Minnesota over yep. Detroit, so we lost that one. All of us took Tampa over Atlanta. All of us took Arizona over Chicago. Um, let's see. Buck and Eminem took the Chargers against Cincinnati. All of us took Philly over the Jets. All of us took Miami over the Giants. All of us took Indy over Houston. All right, so that brings us to Seattle 30, San Francisco 23. And let's see, all of us took San Francisco. So none of us had confidence in Seattle. What do you think was the difference in that game? I mean, I I, I glanced at it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I watched all of the game. And I see that Seattle ran the ball well for a change. Um, but I know they got a lot of that came off of big plays when Travis Homer popped a 73 yarder. But um, how did San Francisco blow this one? Uh, they blew it by their, their defense. Um, yeah, I, sometimes, you know, division opponents and records, you throw out the window. And sometimes, you know, when you're on a roll and you seem like, you know, you, you, know, you got your players and everybody seems like, you're doing the right thing. I, I, I mean, Seattle Seattle really stepped up in this game. They had the intensity. I watched a little bit of this game. The intensity was definitely on Seattle's sideline. Um, these guys were really going at it. I mean, um, they were really – there was a lot of hard hitting in this game. If you go back and look at some of the highlights, uh, they, I'm surprised there were not ambulance. There was actually an ambulance on the very first play of this game. Um, somebody got hurt. I can't remember which team. Um, this this was a very, very, very hard-hitting game. This was almost like a throwback to some of these games in the 70s. There, there, there was a lot of hard hits. Um, but it was, the momentum was definitely on the Seattle Seahawks side. I mean, they really played that. I mean, it was like they were playing a Super Bowl. And uh, Wilson and company did what they needed to do to win the game because, I mean, theoretically they're out, they're out of it. But, I mean, it was good to see that they, you know, kept the momentum and intensity throughout the entire game. Yeah, but um, Seattle needed that because they're, they're, they're pretty much done. They have to pr- run the table. And so they can't afford to lose at all. But it was kind of a disappointing loss for San Francisco as well. They need help. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play poorly. He did throw two interceptions. 
but he was 20 for 30 for 299 yards and two touchdowns. So missed opportunity there. And Washington 17, the Las Vegas Raiders 15. All of us took the oh. Raiders. Oh. And Eminem, the Raiders really should have won this game, but they let Washington drive down the field the last minute and get that game winning field goal. Yeah, and, and they should they I don't I don't know why Vegas tried to make Derek Carr you know be their version of Tom Brady or something. I mean I mean I ain't saying dude can't throw the ball, but I mean like when uh when Josh Jacobs is running hard, which he was. Yeah, he had a good game. Then you got him backed up by King Dre. I'm just saying, like, damn. Running ball. I mean, it's like this guy should be in the right system. This guy should be neck and neck with being like, uh, you know, the uh, with you know, uh, contending for the Russian title. I, I don't know why they, why they they'll go to him. He'll have success, and then they'll just kind of back off of it, and it'll be something like three or four incomplete passes and punts, and kind of let another team kind of get back in it. I mean, I don't understand the um the whole theory behind that, but you know. I was very disappointed uh, in the um, – I didn't see that game. I, I saw a little bit of it, but I was very disappointed that, uh, you know, that they lost. This was a team they should have easily beat, you know. Uh, Washington should have been. Like, you go ahead and, I, I you go ahead and get stuff. on them. You can beat them. But if you let them linger, I mean, they still an NFL team, so they can, you know, they can put a lump on your head, you know, real quick. If you don't just take them out, they miss you. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I will say this though. Derek Carr Derek Carr is not Derek Carr is not the answer for the Raiders. They've tried this man's been in the system long enough. I don't care if it's Gruden's system, the the interim coach system. Derek Carr is not the answer. You got a running you got a two headed monster. I think Kenyon Drake got hurt in this game. He did. But you got a two headed monster running back. That's what you need that's where you need to, to lean your you, you know, you lean your hat on. Derek Carr is not the answer. He's proven that they got the Raiders have hella talent at this point on both sides of the football. And if you're planning on going into the playoff with Derek Carr and him winning a football game, at this point, I don't see them making the playoffs because they keep making blunders and they keep putting the ball in Derek Carr's hands. That's an automatic loss. It's not an automatic victory. Derek Carr needs to be – he needs to – they need to trade him, get something for him, send him somewhere else, but he's not the answer. I um I, I think he's a – I think he's a good quarterback. I just don't think he fits that team, you know, and he does need to be somewhere else. I agree. Nope. And so – all right. Um, let's see. The Rams 37, Jacksonville 7. Yeah, we – we all picked the Rams. We kind of felt that was coming. Uh, I'm surprised Urban Meyer yeah, they, jumped. They to, had to get that game, though. <laughs> right. I'm surprised Urban Meyer jumped to a college yep. team. And Pittsburgh 20, Baltimore 19. The Steelers go to 6-5-1. and one. Baltimore drops to 8-4. and 59,000 people at Heinz Field caught this game. That was really good down the stretch. The Steelers got four, 17 fourth-quarter points. It looked like that um, the Ravens had kind of put them to sleep early on. It was 10 to 3 uh, for the longest. 
And uh, well, excuse me, it was seven to three for the longest. Then the Ravens made it ten to three, and then the Steelers woke up in the fourth quarter and got seventeen points down the stretch. And but your your team, y'all y'all showed a lot of heart in this game, man, because um, you gave the Ravens fits, you, you held them. I mean, they did get over a hundred yards rushing, but that's between two people. Um, and even though y'all weren't able to run the ball effectively, you stuck with it. And now Harris got 21 carries for 71 yards. 107 yards um, combined. Um, the good thing about – one thing I got to say about Mike Tomlin and, one, and another thing I got to say about Ben Roethlisberger. You know, some of these fans, you know, when we do bad, they want him out of there. They want Ben gone. They want – they want Tomlin go. Tomlin went to work last week. He looked at he looked at what what we could get on defense. We're on our fifth string defensive lineman outside of Cam Hayward. He went down to he went to he went down to New Orleans, picked up uh, Martavis Allen. He's a he's a true nose tackle um, that would take a Lulu's place. So therefore, we could keep Cam Hayward from roving up and down the defensive line and put put um, our other defensive lineman who's been kind of roving around that we picked up from the Ravens and put him on the other side. So we got a true nose tackle that got a lot of push on the defensive line. What does that do? That lets our linebackers tee off at that point. And that's why we had seven sacks in the game because now we could rush four or five players instead of trying to rush seven or eight players. Weatherspoon taking the place of Hayden on the side. You know, he's got you know, real game experience. We had him on the practice squad. We put him out there. Tomlin said he was going to make changes after that loss to the Bengals. We made the necessary changes. B.J. Finney gets hurt in the game. We bring in uh, John LeGlue, put him in on the left side over there, played excellent over there. I mean, man, then, you know, yeah, we stuck with a running game. And we got, you know, we got the necessary yardage we needed. We took time off the clock during the fourth quarter to win the football game. We – Mike Tomlin made the necessary adjustments to get this win, and he put the players on the football field that we needed to win the football game because the guys that we had out there weren't performing. So, you know, next man up mentality. You know, sometimes you got to go outside the box and get somebody that, you know, missing the Lulu and to it on our defensive line has really hurt us this season. And they're having to go down the fourth and fifth string guys off the practice squad, it just wasn't getting it. Bringing in Allen, somebody who was who was uh, brought in by the you know who originally played for the Packers for about four or five years, you know, bringing him in and and his size. I mean, you could see the push that he was getting, and the linebackers. I mean, the running back. Had, I mean, the quarterback. He didn't have nowhere to go. I mean, and it, it, it was like coverage sacks. You know, you the the pocket collapsed on him. You know, and he he had nowhere to go, and to get seven sacks in a game and. T.J. Watt, what can I say? I mean, this man is a game wrecker. I mean, he's he's elite. He, he gets the job done. I mean, he steps in the steps in the way of that throw, and them trying to go to Andrews, and that was the you know that was the play of the game on that two point conversion. I mean, man had three sacks in the game coming off of you know coming out of COVID, you know protocol and not being able to practice, but he said he was practicing at home, so. Tomlin made the necessary adjustments in getting the players in that we needed to win the football game. And Big Ben 
you know, Big Ben got the job done too. I mean, he still can throw that ball deep. Yeah, Johnson dropped one in the first half, but the second half he shook it off and came out there and did, you know, Big Ben was tossing that ball downfield this week. And he has been. He's only had, you know, the Bengals game was a little rough for us. But ben, and we had two interceptions in that game. But Ben, that, that's the only two interceptions we've had, you know, during, the, during this little streak. So, you know, Ben's not washed up just yet. Our offensive line has had its growing pains this year. We got injuries on all sides of the ball. It's more than but having growing pains. Yeah, y'all ain't got no starters at offensive line. Yeah. The offensive line is beat up. Yeah, I mean – yeah, it's beat up. The defensive line's beat up. Our secondary's beat up. I mean, and I mean, we got we have first, second. I mean, yeah, we have a little bit of depth, you know, safety wise, but that's it. I mean, because you know we lost, you know, you know, hey, without Hayden out there, we got second and third stringers out there. The only fourth string guy we got in the secondary is um, Edmonds, you know, and he's on his fourth year, and we we're not going to renew his truck contract this year. At least that's what they said. So we, there's youth and inexperience on all sides of the ball. But for us to pull this off against Ravens, who were, the, you know, the division leaders, and and keep the intensity up for a full 60 minutes, it was awesome to see. I mean, it was really, really awesome to see. And, yeah, we grinded it out. It was a dirty, you know, AFC North-type game. But we got the job done. So, yeah, yeah, yeah y'all, y'all pulled it off. And – um I think this is one of Mike Tomlin's better coaching jobs. Um, even though the team is not having a great year, I think he's doing a lot with a little. Um, I mean, I still don't think y'all are gonna make the playoffs, but I do think that y'all could maybe be a spoiler for somebody making the playoffs. I do disagree about the whole Ben Roethlisberger not being washed up. I I, I do think he's done, but uh, maybe that still yeah, remains to be seen. Uh, I, I think y'all just did a good job uh, using. Uh, Miami's uh, defensive scheme they used against Lamar Jackson. Everybody's kind of using that, yeah, spreading everybody out and, and kind of containing them and stopping them from the middle rushes. Y'all did that perfect. But uh, that's what I wanted to say about the game, real quick. Yep. You know, just just water cooler talk. Ben could, I mean, um, I'm calling you Ben Buck. Buck, could you imagine what would be yep. You would be hearing if that was Tomlin that went for two and fucked up at the end versus Harbaugh. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt. They yeah. want him fired. Yeah, I mean this is this is what Tomlin Tomlin alluded to this a few weeks ago when they were saying talk that he was going to go to UCLA. Um, he, you know, he even said in his press conference, he said, "Would this even be an issue? Would you even ask?" Sean you know, he Payton, used uh, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, he, Sean Payton, and he, Andy Reid. And, you know, he said, you know, he, he point black told him they don't, you know, the boosters don't have a big enough checkbook for me to go. He said, I got the best job in the National Football League. Mike Tomlin gets the best out of his players. I know we, you know, you hear things all the time. You know, people are trying to say stuff. They even threw out last week that Ben said, he, you know, even some source, you know, you never can believe what ESPN put out there just to kind of, you know, put stuff out there. You know, Ben has always said, you know, you know, week to week, year to year, and he's been saying that for years. Um, yeah, Ben's a little long in the tooth, but Ben still gets it done. We do not have his his replacement on on our squad right now. No, you don't. We don't have that. I know we don't have that. So with it, you know, with that being said, you know, with the money we'll have next year, Rudolph ain't gonna get it, and Haskins not gonna get it. So 
you know, the bottom line of it is we know what we got to do. You know, this kind of playoffs for us because we're on the outside looking in. Tomlin's yeah. going to do what it takes to make sure we were competitive week in and week out. And uh, I don't know how you, you don't want to see it, us in January. I'll be, be looking for Deshaun Watson, but, you know, because y'all got a team that's ready to go. You got – well, they get Y'all the offensive line health. We got, we got, we got them. We we have the tight ends. We we have the receivers. We got the running back. Snell had a good game. You know, uh, filling in for Harris on a few plays. Um, the defense is there. We just had we just had a, we've had a lot of injuries this season. Everything is there. We have enough youth on the team now to go with the you know elder statesman that we have on the team. So now all we got to do is just, you know, we got to stay healthy. And the healthiest team is going to make it to the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl. So, I, you know, I still think we can make the playoffs. We just have – we may have to run the tape. Um, and it's not – we're 2-2 two and two in the division. Um, we got some more division games coming up. I know we match up well against the Ravens. We match up well against Cleveland. But right now we just got to focus on a short week to, you know, beat the Vikings on Thursday. So, I think oh, we yeah, got a team that can – Get it done. I like yeah, I, I like who we too. picked up this week. So but yeah, y'all I like have, uh, I like Allen in the middle. So the Vikings on the road, Tennessee, Kansas City, and then Cleveland and that Baltimore to finish up. Uh, I can see y'all winning yeah. two, three if you're lucky. Uh, out of those six, uh, I mean we'll. Nine five and one get you to the play, get you to the playoffs. Excuse me, nine seven and one get you to the playoffs. I don't know, I don't know. I think that tie gonna really come back to haunt y'all at some point. But well, stranger things have happened, so we'll see. Because the AFC is really tight right now, and so all right. Uh, let's see. I'm the only one to pick my board, though. I'm the only one to pick the field, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, you were definitely the only one who picked them. All right. And so Kansas City, all of us took Kansas City against Denver. And Kansas City 22, Denver 9. And even though Kansas City got the double-digit victory, Eminem, uh, man, Pat Mahomes is killing me in fantasy this year. I didn't make the playoffs because of him. 15 of 29, 184 yards, zero touchdowns. One interception. He did run for a touchdown, but why is Pat Mahomes not working anymore? Why is the connection with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill failing this year? Uh I don't I don't know. And 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 that's hard to put the finger on, but I will say one of the other connections that that's kind of get less coverage is like guys like Pringle and and, and those uh Ooh, man, he third, dropped two passes. They, they dropping shit and see. When you looked at Mahomes at his height of success, it was the the guys you couldn't put your finger on that you didn't even know really was on the team. You know, he was he was really being effective with those guys. So now those type guys, you know, other than Williams pretty much, are, are being very inconsistent. And I heard somebody on first take, they was talking about the mechanics and stuff like that. It's like, look, man, you did this stuff at Texas Tech. You did this stuff. All the other years you was in, if it worked, that ain't the problem. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's almost like, it's almost like, kind of like what I was saying about Georgia. It was almost like 
you you almost as a team, not not as an individual player, but as a team, it's almost like you had so much success that it's like, mm, if it makes sense, you come into the season thinking about the playoffs. Like it's going to be a given that, okay, we're going to be, we KC, man, we did this all these years straight. Shit, we're going to fly through that. And then every year, new athletes coming in, schemes are getting more complicated. DC's got more time to study film on stuff to see what your weaknesses are, what your flaws are. Uh, little little wrinkles here and there that you usually can catch somebody off guard that ain't working no more. I, I just think he really need to run the ball more. Uh, not, not taking no crazy hits, but Mahomes had more yards rushing in his the years he he uh had the MVP season. He still had quite a few rushing yards that year. Do what you do to get you where you go. And I think those we all know about the little trick shuffle passes and all that, but something else is missing too is he he's not running the ball. He did it one or two times, and it was it, you could see it electrify the team. I think he just need to uh, do that more. Okay. And to because to me that lets the team know that you you giving it your all. And I'm not doubting he's not giving his all, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I think that a lot of times these young guys, especially African Americans, get caught up in this shit. Like, hey, you know, I got to do it the way. You know, uh, Brady and Peyton and did it. Uh, Marino did. It's like they are greats, all the fame quarterbacks. But you got to play the way you play, man. You, you, everybody's style is they style. Do what gets you success. And I think that's what's wrong with KC. Now you can't help if somebody drop the ball, but uh, you know. But even the role players are dropping the ball. So I'm just like, damn, that 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 affect the quarterback's confidence of anything. You know. Yeah. So. Shit, okay. they should reach out to uh, what's his name? Shit, I mean, that's where I thought Julio was gonna go, but he wanted to go to Tennessee. Like, Tannehill, man, come on, Tannehill ain't shit without Derrick Henry, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, last game we have New England 14, Buffalo 10. New England goes to nine and four, Buffalo drops to seven and five. And you know, there were a lot of uh, well, the coach from Buffalo. McDermott was very salty with the media asking him questions about the game and how it went and how Buff, how uh, New England only threw the ball three times. <laughs> and and Eminem to me this was this was to me Eminem this was 1985 Oklahoma versus Rice, where Oklahoma runs up like 400 <laughs> yards. Of yep. rushing, and they only throw the ball like uh, five times. Mm-hmm. The right. reason why Buffalo was so upset is because was this was demoralizing, man. <laughs> this, yeah, this is demoralizing for someone to run on you. You know they're going to run, and you can't stop it. They just beat you in the mouth exactly. the whole game. And, and like I say, I'm not a New England fan, but I was salivating because I was just like, man, people can talk about defense yep. all they want to, but nothing takes your mu- nuts more. As a metaphorical man, somebody saying we ain't complicating nothing, we're not scheming nothing. You see, number thirty-seven, he finna get the damn ball. He gonna run it at the teeth of your defense, and this motherfucker gonna score. And we do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they kept pounding that thing. And Damian Harris had a hundred and eleven yards rushing. Ramon Stevenson had 
78 tough yards, man. I mean, he was only getting like three yards a carry. Oh, but he was a man. He run. Man, he was hurt. Running hard. <laughs> He, he run it like how – y'all yeah. remember how Steven Jackson used to run? When yeah. He, when he wasn't the when, – when Marshall Fall was still there, he wasn't the, the man. But every yeah. time he got the ball, he was like, damn, who is that? Yeah, that's what he was looking like. <laughs> yeah, he was punishing people, yeah. man. And you would see the Buffalo player with Tyler getting he, off the ground. He looked like Jamal – he looked yeah. like Jamal Lewis running against Pittsburgh Steelers because Jamal Lewis acted a plum fool. I couldn't stand that motherfucker. Not Jamal Lewis. Um, the boy that played, the one that ran from Jacksonville. Um, Fred Taylor. I can see his face. Can't call his Fred name. Taylor. What's the running back Fred Taylor. That's one of my favorite. Fred man. Taylor. Yeah. Oh, I, Fred Taylor. Uh, Fred uh, Taylor would have, you, a, have I mean, uh, a, uh, a clinic. You, for, you forget when he ran against the Pittsburgh. Q's twin, man. <laughs> Corey Dillon. <laughs> yeah. Y'all remember Corey Dillon? Corey Dillon. Up, he broke Walter yeah, Payton's record. He broke, just, he broke uh, oh, 276 man. on somebody. Yeah, he was like a battering ram. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah, it, so. Was, it was just something about – it was something about – it was uh, – I, I was just like, golly, I hated, I hated to play Jacksonville when they went out of division when he was there because he's always getting 100 yards and we couldn't stop him. Yeah. I mean, I, it was just – you know he was going to get 100 yards. There was no – you can only hope to slow him down, contain him. He was going to get his 100 yards. If somebody else can I mean, but, you know, Eddie, Eddie it was George an excellent game. Shit, man. Yeah, Eddie George used to – he may only <laughs> get – oh, But, see, Eddie George may only get three and a, three yards, uh, average three and a half yards of carry, but you felt it. And in the fourth quarter, them three-yard runs turned into six, yeah, seven, eight-yard runs. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and everybody yeah. talk about – He didn't do that, though. Yeah, but people forget that when he – yeah, but but y'all remember when he when he put that elbow on the Ray Lewis and put it on his back? <laughs> but that that highlight don't that highlight oh, yeah, they that. don't talk about that one too much. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. put him on his ass, man. That motherfucker's strong as hell. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. so yeah. Buffalo just got embarrassed. They got their heart taken last night, and um, other teams are gonna pay attention. And the Patriots do what they do. They do what they have to win. You know, yeah. if 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 but Bill Belichick, like Belichick, Matt Jones though. It does. It hurts like any chances for postseason awards and stuff. But that's what Bill Belichick yeah. wants. He just wants somebody who wants to win. Right. You and see. that's what uh that's what make those yep. guys play so well because they 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 play as a team because anybody who wants any kind of personal success, I mean, it's like as a player, I wouldn't want to go to New England because I'm like, don't run me the ball. Like he did that guy, and then he cut him or something. He got all them yeah. yards. I've gotten that dude's name. He's like, nah, I ain't got time for that shit. I want to yeah. be featured. But, you know, but, hey, his job is to win yeah. games. And, and you can't get away from And him. Bill Belichick will turn around and play Buffalo at the end of the season, and he'll throw it 46 times and run it three times. So, right. all right. right. Welcome but on, Ray. Ray, what's happening, man? My thing about Josh Allen. What's going on, Ray? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Buck? Cuz? Hey, right. what up, What's up, Ray? Happy and, birthday uh, to both of you guys, too. That yeah, is y'all definitely. both on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, it, bro. <laughs> and um, let's see, Ray and hey, Did you and did Buck. you survive last night, Ray? Nah, I mean, you know, it's, it's wild out there all the time, you know. People want to drink, drink, yeah. drink, and drink some more. Man, all right. they got Ray a little lick out there in the water. 
Ray and Buck took New England. Um, Ray had New England by seven. Buck had New England by 18. Um, I ain't going to lie. If I would have known the weather was going to be this bad, I would have taken New England too. But I thought Buffalo was going to throw the ball. and I, think they, I still think they should have just thrown the ball despite the weather. They didn't have nothing to lose. But they made so many mistakes, yeah. and New England just embarrassed right. them uh, last night. That's why they so salty today. But let's go ahead and get to our picks for next week. So, Ray, you're right on time. And right. um, let's see. Thursday night, Buck got Pittsburgh at Minnesota. Not even worried about it. Pittsburgh. All right. And Eminem? Uh, I think Minnesota is very inconsistent, but I'm going to take Minnesota on this one. Okay. And right. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't trust either one of these teams, but I mean, um, it will be. It would have definitely been Minnesota, and Minnesota did what they had to do against Detroit. But I, I'm, I'm still gonna pick them because uh, Baltimore did everything to lose a game last week. So I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Okay, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. I think that. Um... Minnesota is spiraling out of control after what just happened Sunday. And even though, yeah, you expect them to have a bounce back game, I don't know. I, I've kind of lost confidence in Mike Zimmer um, up there in Minnesota. So I'm going to yeah. go with Pittsburgh. And all right, Dallas at Washington. And Dallas hasn't played necessarily the best, but I am going with them over Washington because I don't think Washington has played necessarily the best. But um, even though, you know, they haven't been winning. But um, I'm taking Dallas in this one. And Eminem, who you got? Ooh, boy, this is a tough one. Man. I know you want to tie. I, I want to tie, but I need a loss by Washington. Uh, I, I think Dallas may win this one. So... All right. First time ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. And right. Uh Dallas has not looked great lately. So I'm gonna take uh Washington. Okay. And but this is actually a really, really hard pick. Um, because Washington one of them teams, you got to put them away. And Dallas just hadn't played their best on any side of the ball, not just offense. Um, but, you know, Dallas is the – they have more I, – I don't think they got the coaching staff, but I think they got the players that can actually pull this off. So this is going to be an extremely close game, but I'm going to say Dallas is going to edge these guys out. But uh, I'm not too confident in that pick, but I am going to pick Dallas. Okay. One thing I am happy about is that – um Randy Gregory is coming back. Uh, so they're going to have – and Demarcus Lawrence played very well last week. He wasn't rusty at all. And so having Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory back together uh, and then the three wide receivers are going to be healthy for the second game in a row. And uh, they're getting some players back. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that they can do their thing. But all right. Uh Ray, we got Atlanta at Carolina. 
Oh, man. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons with this one. No CMC. Atlanta Falcons. Okay. And Buck. Get your get your Christmas shopping done. Nobody really gives a damn about either one of these teams. Um Wow. I don't have any confidence Cam Newton. I know he's back home, but uh without Christian without McCaffrey, uh the Falcons don't let me down, please. I'm picking y'all. All right. Yeah. My, my 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 stuff went out for a minute. I didn't know if y'all heard me, but yeah, uh give me ATL on this one, man. I I think, you know, without McCaffrey and stuff, it's going to be hard to beat uh, up and down Atlanta. Plus, Matty Ice need to get his, his yards in for the season in. So. <laughs> All right. And Baltimore at Cleveland, Buck. Cleveland. Okay. Right. I don't trust Baker Mayfield, so I'm going with Baltimore. Yeah, I'm going with Baltimore, too. Eminem? Yeah, if, if Baker wasn't the quarterback, I would say Cleveland, definitely. But, nah, let me, let me get Baltimore. All right, Eminem, Seattle at Houston? Uh, Seattle. Right? Def- definitely Seattle. I think but- they might have got the groove back. Seattle in 21. All right. And um, Seattle in 21. I'm taking Seattle. I uh, Even though, I don't know, Seattle type of team that blow a game like this, but I'm going to take Seattle. Hopefully, ain't no trap game. And I'm taking Tennessee over Jacksonville. And I I can't really say I have a lot of confidence in it. Ray, what what do you think? Jacksonville goes to Tennessee. Yeah, I take Tennessee. Eminem? I reluctantly take Tennessee. <laughs> uh, Tennessee, but I ain't too confident in that pick either. All right. Eminem, San Francisco at Cincinnati. Oh, man. I think it's going to be Cincinnati, even though they play crappy when, they, when you think they're going to not play crappy, but Cincinnati, they should be able to do that. All right. Um, this is a tough one for me, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Ray, who do you like? Ray? Yeah, I think Cincinnati will bounce back. Okay. But San Francisco at Cincinnati? Mm, I really want to pick the 49ers in this. But I'm gonna take Cincinnati, but I'm reluctantly taking them. Because I, I think 49 is actually gonna win this game. All right. And Ray, the Giants at the Chiefs. I'm sorry, the Raiders oh. at the Chiefs. I'm sorry. No, man. I'm gonna have to pick Kansas City. I mean, although we should have won Sunday, I just think we're just too inconsistent. I'm not in Kansas City on fire right now. Kansas City. All right. I'm going with Kansas City. Buck, who you got? I got Kansas City because I have no confidence in Derek Carr. In fact, this should be his final season with the Raiders. I'm going with Kansas City. 
All right, Eminem. Only because I know they're not going to give Josh Jacobs the ball like they should. Give me Kansas City. Okay. And Eminem, New Orleans at the Jets. Ooh, boy. We just played the Jets. Uh, Sean Payton blew the game against Dallas. Trying to make a quarterback play with four fingers. So I'm going to take the Jets in this one, man. All right. Right? Yeah, I'm going to take the Jets as well. All right. Buck? Trevor Simeon is starting. Okay, wait a minute. I don't know who the hell starting. Not even Taysom Hill. Don't know. I, I don't even think Sean Payton knows who's starting. The Jets. Okay. And I'm taking the Saints. I think they bounced back against the Jets. That could be a tough game, though. Yeah, they should have won Thursday, but Sean Payton screwed that up. So. And now nah, they weren't going to win Thursday. I hit him and them. Detroit at Denver. <laughs> 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 Is it going to be a letdown game for Denver? I don't think so. Give me Denver. All right. And Buck, Detroit at Denver. Uh, hmm. If they were playing in Detroit, I would say Detroit. But since they're playing in Mile High, I, had to, I got to go with Denver. All right. And uh, – I'm going with Denver. I think Detroit's going to play them tough. They got a little confidence, but I'm going to go with Denver. Ray, who you got? Yeah, I'm going to have to take Denver in this one. Okay. Although Detroit plays some tough games, I'll take Detroit at home. I mean, Denver at home. All right. Ray, the Giants at the Chargers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chargers. Eminem? Uh, give me the Chargers. I got the Chargers, but. Sandy. Oh, I'm sorry. Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> All right. Buffalo at, at Tampa Bay, right? Ooh, man. Buffalo needs a win. They need a win. Oh, man. But I'm going to have to take on. Matter of fact, I, I will take Buffalo in this one. Okay. Eminem? Yeah. Oh, man. The way Leonard Fournette running and they giving him the ball. Shit, give me Tampa. All right. Yeah, I'm going with Tampa in their running game, too. Buck, who do you like? Buffalo need to win, but they ain't getting it this week, Tampa Bay. All right. Buck, Chicago at Green Bay. This is Sunday night. Green Bay. Green Bay by, like, 35. Right. Shit, Green Bay. That's easy Eminem? Yeah, Green Bay. All right. I got Green Bay. And Monday night, the Rams at Arizona. Eminem, make your pick. Give me a score. Woo! Rams, 32. Arizona, 27. All right. Ray? I'm taking Arizona. Arizona, 38. And the Rams, 31. But Arizona, 35. The Rams, 17. All right. Um, 
Yeah, this is a tough one for me because I feel like the Rams really need to win this game. I'm going to go with Arizona. They do. I'm on, I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as you all may think, but I'm going to go over Arizona 27-21. So, all right, the bye week, we got Indianapolis, Miami, New England, and Philadelphia. And uh, I'm going to take the bye week against Philadelphia. <laughs> as, far as, the stand- <laughs> as far as the standings go for our predictions – um, Buck led the way this week with 11 and three. Ray was second at nine and five, and me and Eminem yeah. tied, tied at eight and six. For the overall standings, I am 123, 69 and one, 64%. Ray is 116, 76 and one, 60%. Buck is 112, 80 and one at 58%. Eminem is 106, 86 and one at 55%. So, all right. So, uh, I didn't plan anything for the who am I because Buck has a delay on his his phone and he's like a second behind. Uh, oh, so he wouldn't be able to get anything in. So, we might have to just table that to next week. But as far as the playoff picture goes, uh, just looking at it on the in the AFC, uh, you have the Patriots, Titans, Ravens, Chiefs. Chargers, Bengals, and Bills. It's amazing how the Bills are running things at one point, and now mm-hmm. here they are um, barely holding on to a playoff spot. And on the outside looking mm-hmm. in, if the season ended today, you have the Steelers, Colts, Raiders, Browns, Broncos. And there's only two wins separates the second spot from the 11th spot. Uh, I mean, the second spot from the 12th spot. So, that lets you know how tight it is. So after this week, things are going to shake up even more. And on the other side, the NFC, you have the Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, Rams, Washington, and 49ers. On the outside looking in, the Eagles. Then you have the Vikings, Panthers, Falcons, and uh, Saints. So you have two games that separate – well, one game that separates – Spot number six from spot number 12. So, from week to week, it's going to be pretty tight. And the season seems so much longer, even though it's just one extra week. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but this was the goal of parity, man. You know, they don't even – they didn't even have to make a big deal yep. about the, uh, the 72 Dolphins getting together and celebrating somebody finally losing. I mean, shit, I think Arizona – Arizona, all the Rams, one of them was the last they lost. And yeah, Arizona. Earlier Arizona. in the season. You know, Tampa, everybody thought they might be undefeated. And it's like, man, that soon went out the window. Hell, we could have beat them. <laughs> yeah. So, so that parody theory, whatever they was trying yeah. to do, was starting to work, I guess. Yeah. But all right, we'll go ahead and wrap yep. things up. Uh, yes, um, the announcement for the Boxing Hall of Fame was highlighted by uh, Roy Jones Jr. made it Miguel Cotto and James Lights Out Tony. Uh, so that was announced right. today. Awesome. I haven't seen the full list yet, but I thought it was cool. I talked to Kevin Young, the Young Brothers, last night. And, um, you know, him and James Tony talk all the time. And he said James was excited. And so uh, and then we'll have the Lomachenko fight to talk about next week. He fights Saturday night on ESPN and Nonito Dornier, I think might be on that undercard. 
But, uh, yeah, so we'll go ahead and wrap things up, and we'll have more NFL to talk next week since there's not much college football going on. Y'all know I don't really don't care about the Heisman. I mean, we'll talk about the Heisman, but I really just think it's a popularity contest, and the best player doesn't always win. And uh, they just give it to quarterbacks, even though I think Bryce Young has had a great season. But Yeah, they give yeah. it to whoever got the most IG followers. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> yeah. And that's so always going to be a quarterback pretty much. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So, um, and yep. let me get y'all to hold Eminem hold for me for a moment, and I'll go ahead and shut this All thing right. down. Y'all can hold on, and um, that's going to do it for this edition of the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards um, to get more information on the show, and we'll see you next week.